Welcome to the lounge. Everybody, hello and welcome back to the Lounge of BHC right. Podcast. I'm Nate Latimer, joined as always by my co-host Mohawk Desai. Mohawk, good Thursday morning to you. Good morning. How you doing? Doing well. It's been a beautiful week, you know. Um, it has. I started off on a bit of a rough note, but you know, my mood's picked up a lot, Mohawk, <laughs> since yesterday. Hey. I don't know if you saw, but on the Instagram, you can follow us at thelounge.podcast. I can. threw up a little poll about uh, some, some disputes we've had in the uh-huh. original episode <laughs> on subtitles versus dubs in, in Money Heist. And I'm happy to say that the odds and the voting has come out in my favor. Good. Okay. You know, we, I think I was worried for the a second. poll ended like 60% subs, nice. 40% dubs. So I feel vindicated yeah, I think I saw that. after okay. that, that thrashing that I got from Fred <laughs> Shubb in the, uh, the latter half of the previous episode. So, you know, I'm back on my feet. I feel recovered. I'm refreshed and ready to get into this episode. Absolutely. You were on the right side of history, you could say. You know what? And that's, at the end of the day, all that matters, right? I mean, I, I feel good. It's a nice good. feeling, you know, being a winner. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but I digress. Anyways, this should be a great week. Again, we have a really fantastic guest coming in this week. You've uh, Dr. Amy Ladd, mm-hmm. who's obviously the reigning professor of the year in Fox Honors and overall fantastic professor and a really great role model for those who don't know her mm-hmm. and i would highly highly recommend taking one of her classes she's really a fantastic professor but yeah before we get into that mohawk you know what time it is pick of the week time that's right pick of the All week right. is of course the segment where mohawk and i discuss anything and everything on our minds this week mohawk i went first mm-hmm. last week so i'd be honored Uh-oh. to give you the first place for this pick of the week this week okay you know what? This time, my pick of the week's a little out there. And I know yours is too, but... Let's go for it. It's not a movie. It's not a TV show, but we're going to focus on music this time. So what's actually been on my mind is the Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, it's been one of my favorite bands for a while. I just kind of went to a deep dive this week, listened to some of their really old songs of some of the old albums. And all I can say is that even if you're not into like alternative rock, that sort of genre, shoegaze, give it a listen. I think it could change your life. Interesting, interesting. That's mm-hmm. uh, have you listened to Smashing Pumpkins? 90s grunge vibes. Yeah, I'm a fan. Yes. Okay. I wish I wish I you know okay. had the opportunity to delve more into their discography, but the, the lead singer's yeah, yeah, yeah. got a really interesting voice. It's like super nasal. Billy Corgan. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I would yeah. compare it to you know like Tom DeLonge of Blink One Eighty Two and sort of oh that, sure that okay. nasal mm, right. He's a I little. Don't know if you can call it a, a an artistically pleasing voice, but it's certainly unique. And I think it's like really indicative of that era of, of 90s grunge rock, early 2000s alternative. That's the reason they're successful. It's because they're so different. Billy Corgan's voice, you know, the, especially the guitar, the lead guitar, um, the gish, as they call it, the, the, all the amps, all the pedals they put on it, all the, you know, the, the way they change it around, the reverb, all that. It has a specific like shoegaze sound. So um, that's what melt my, like, that's what just, I just love it. It's a brand. It's an identity. I like it. It is an identity. Okay, Nate, what's your pick of the week? Well, Mohawk, it's funny you mentioned pumpkins. <laughs> it's, it's, it's almost poetic justice in the fact that you mentioned pumpkins. I'm my so pick, concerned right now. My pick, Mohawk, is yet another fall vegetable. My pick oh. of the week, yes, is the sweet potato. 
Okay. <laughs> just as a concept. Like Michelle Obama? As a food. Of Michelle okay. Obama fame, exactly. But the sweet potato, in my mind, really is the unsung hero of the vegetable kingdom mohawk. You know, it just okay. doesn't get the credit okay. it deserves. I mm-hmm. picked up a, a bushel. What's a group of sweet potatoes? I have no idea. A bunch of sweet potatoes. Beats me. Beats. Mm. We're not talking about beets, Mohawk. We're talking about sweet potatoes. <laughs> so stay on topic here. Picked up a bunch of them from the grocery store this weekend. Uh-huh. And I've just been cooking them up, and it's been a great experience. You know, I what think- do you cook with sweet I feel like sweet potatoes, you can only make like three things. Fries. That's where you go wrong, friend, because Chips. this is why it's the unsung hero. You know, it's truly okay. an elite starch. And I just don't think okay. that people realize how versatile and delicious it can be because you can do okay. everything with a sweet potato that you would want to do with a regular potato. And it just adds that, that rich flavor that you just don't get out of <laughs> a, a regular potato. Exactly. The sweetness. It can't be beat. Okay. But I've been, I've been roasting them. So I've just been, you know, peeling mm. them, cubing them up and roasting them in the oven with a little bit of salt and nice. pepper, a little bit of olive oil. It's, it's been a treat. And, you know, mm-hmm. I think I've been experimenting with my diet a little bit, adding some uh-huh. potatoes in has overall just been a great experience. Good. So, they're high in uh, fiber, right? Something. They're high they're in something. They're pretty good. You know what? They're, yeah, yeah. Whatever they are, they're good for me. And I think they're good for everybody. They are. I will say I do like sweet potatoes, but I can't eat more than like a couple bites. I don't know. Something mm. about the sweetness is just like, I, I, think, you, man. I think people, uh, People don't they, don't, they don't go out there enough. You know, they don't experiment with the, uh, Bear. the, the necessary textures and, and different styles of sweet potato. <laughs> and I, I okay. encourage all of our listeners to go out and, you know, just bring your creative spirit into the sweet potato game and you guys will not regret it. You know what? You sold me. I think you sold everyone else too. Boom. Sweet potato time. There it is. It's sweet potato time. All right. You take anything away from this podcast, that's what it's going to be. Sweet potatoes. But anyways, Mohawk, thank you for joining me for this this week's pick of the week. And I think it's time to get into our guest. All right. All right, everybody. We are back with our guest, Dr. Amy Lavin. I think uh, okay. Dr. Lavin, some congratulations are in order. One for your recent, your recent doctorate, but also for your award as 2019 to 2020 Fox Honors Professor of the Year. Obviously, a super well-deserved award, and we're so thrilled to have you on the lounge this morning. Well, thanks, Nate. It's good to see you guys. Absolutely. I think it's a great place to start first off if you just want to give the listeners a little bit of background on yourself and how you ended up at Fox. Sure. Yeah, that's great. Um, it's, it's actually, in my mind, it's a, it's a great story. I started out in the seats that you guys are in. 24 years ago now, back in 96, I started out in Fox Honors myself um, as a marketing and international business major. Um, Fox Honors was just sort of a fledgling operation at that point. Um, and it was such a tremendous experience I had. Um, as you guys, for those of you that are current students and for those of you that are walking in the door fresh, you'll find um, there's such a sense of community. The friends that I've made, um, in, that I made in Fox Honors back in 96 are still my friends today. I mean, we're still very much connected. Um, wow. And it's been excellent to watch all of their career paths and successes, you know, post that. So in any event, I started my career at Temple back in 96 as a, as a freshman. Um, not really sure what I wanted to do with life. Um, <laughs> teach, teaching was certainly not in my game plan. I'd never thought I would be 
you know, a professor or anything like that. And then, um, so I graduated and I went to work at an insurance company and I worked selling insurance through the mail and online. I was part of the first ever online insurance initiative. And that was really interesting, but I didn't know a whole lot about what I was doing. And then, you know, kind of came back to Temple and implemented some systems here at Temple, um, got my MBA in the early 2000s and then left Temple to go be a consultant on technology for a while. And I implemented systems and traveled all across America and, you know, Canada and Mexico. And, um, and then came back to Temple um, because my family, my family was growing and I didn't want to travel anymore. And I had some mm-hmm. great connections at Temple and I loved the community at Temple. And I worked mm-hmm. in administration, um, implementing some systems for, for the university. And then I met um, our chair um, at the time, um, Dr. Manviwala, and started teaching as an adjunct and just sort of at that point was like, this is where I want to be. I want to, okay, I don't want to gotcha. train adults on how to use systems anymore. I want to work with students. This is really fun. Um, and everyone in the Fox school, regardless of whether they're honors or not, is really focused on, you know, making changes and, and integrating technology and things like that. So MIS mm-hmm. department just felt like a great fit. So I adjuncted for a while and then they offered me a full-time position and I started teaching full-time. I'm starting my, I think my sixth year of, of full-time professorship. Um, in addition to my teaching role, I also run the Digital Innovation and Marketing Master's Program, and that's a really great opportunity to connect with graduate students. Um, I've been teaching the Honors Program, I think it's maybe two, three years now, and, um, you know, I just love working with, I just love working with students, and I think MIS as a technology, as an enabler of business, you know, technology-enabled business function um, just enables so much change and innovation, um, so it's really exciting every semester. Things change every semester. The content changes, um, technology changes. So it's really um, every year is kind of something new. It's not just sort of mm-hmm. reiterating the old stuff. So that's kind of how I got here. Quite a journey. Quite a journey. Quite so, a journey. <laughs> through your journey through undergrad, through insurance, to you know, actual actually going to MIS, um, did you have any like role models or mentors that helped you along the way that showed you the right path? You know, I, I have. I've had some really okay. good um, mentors. Um, I can say back all the way back to Fox Honors, and, and if you've had the pleasure of ever working with Mike Leeds, um, he's still at Temple. Um, if you have the opportunity to take a class with Mike, I would, I would do it. Mike's been my mentor since probably the day I stepped foot on Temple's campus. Um, wow. okay. While I was a student, he was instrumental in helping me sort of figure out my course path and just kind of as a sounding board. Um, mm-hmm. And then post that I would connect with him you know where possible and then when I came back to Temple and worked on my doctorate he was on my committee um, and was one of my advisors and and really really just a great resource as a as a human being first he's a wonderful human being but he's also just so knowledgeable and and collegial so he's been a great um, academic mentor for me Um, from a you know professional standpoint I had a boss at Temple who was my boss um, as a student worker he was my boss when I came back the first time. He was my boss when I came back the second time. We just kept a great relationship. And, and if that's one an, you know, piece of advice, you know, even though I left twice, he brought me back both times. He, he said, if you're willing to come back, got a, I, can, I can help you find a home. Um, and so he really helped me to navigate sort of the corporate and the professional world. So, so I would say, you know, 
from a relationship perspective and a professional perspective, how, you know, making those relationships, you never know when they're going to come in handy again. Yeah, most definitely. We uh, try to stress the importance of keeping that network. And I think you're a living testament to the fact that, you know, however long down the road, you know, there's, there's people you can always call back on, but you entered, you mentioned professor Leeds and obviously, you know, a a great professor, uh, you know, really great history with the Fox honors program, but I'm wondering in your own experience and maybe modeling off of professor Leeds work, what in your mind makes a great professor? I think what makes a great professor is it, it, it's almost a matter of, I mean, we're all just people, right? Everyone's just mm-hmm. a person. So it's a, it's a matter of being approachable. It's a matter of being able to connect the dots for people, being able to take a concept that may be challenging for students because it's new to them and find the way or find the right example that helps to bring it home. I mean, Dr. Leeds did it for me in, you know, microeconomics in 97 by talking about supply and demand with tuna fish sandwiches on campus. And I still remember (laughs) 20 years later, you know, he took a concept that, you know, a a demand curve that was completely foreign to me and was able to bring it down to something that I could really, you know, get my arms around. And I think a great professor can do that. A great professor can talk about, you know, these large technical systems that organizations use and students have no experience with and and relate it to something that that they can can get their arms around. I think another mark of a great professor is to just be yourself, just be approachable and be willing to give of your time and make those relationships with students. Just like students are willing to give of their time and make their relationships with professors. It's a it, you know, it's sort of a win-win open door policy, I guess you might call it. Yeah. Right. So during your time as a professor, you know, um, I'm sure you've, I haven't had the pleasure of having you as a professor before. I don't think I will because I'm actually taking MIS next semester and I have a different professor. <laughs> They're all um, great. We have a great, we have a great yeah. team in the MIS department. I'm sure. Um, so I wanted to ask, like, what are some of the highlights of being a Fox Honors professor for you? Um, for me, I say this, I think, you know, and Nate has been in my class and I think he, if, if he was listening on the first day of class, which he probably was. <laughs> um, I, so neither confirm nor deny that but (laughs) the first and foremost the the you know the best thing about this is that I was you 25 years Mm -hmm. ago so so I can absolutely relate to the excitement and the wanting um, to do well in class and the commitment that you guys are making to your education Um, so that's a huge highlight for me it was a huge honor for me when when my chair came to me and said we we want you to teach an honors class um so that's definitely been a highlight. I think another highlight for me has been, you know, when I work with some of our students and they're like, you know what, I had never thought of MIS as a career or a degree. Mm-hmm. And then, and then they, that the sort of the light bulb clicks, they are able to make that connection that this might actually mm-hmm. be the path they want to go. So when you have that like changing moment for, you mm-hmm. know, it's terrific. And I guess the other part would be, you know, a couple of years ago, we, we were, what we're able to do with the honor students in a really, I think, amazing way is try new things. You know, we're always, the honor students are always up for a challenge. And as long Mm -hmm. as what I found is as long as we're honest and we say, hey, we're going to try this out. We're going to implement coding. We're going to teach you guys how to code. Uh, (laughs) Nate's Nate's laughing because he was in the first class that, that did this. We, and as long as we're honest and we say, hey, there might be some bumps along the road, but stick with me mm-hmm. and we think we can make this happen. And the honors kids always come back and they give us candid advice. They give us candid feedback, but it's never like, 
it's never just like, oh, this stinks. It's like really meaningful feedback that we can then mm -hmm. use in a larger scale with, with, with the larger, because you know, we teach MIS 2101 to 1200 mm -hmm. students a year or maybe a semester. So, so we're able to sort of work with the honor students and collab. It's very collaborative and collegial. So those are probably my right. big highlights. Yeah. So, you know, along with the highlights, we wanted to ask, what are some things that might frustrate you about the program or that have in general, are there any areas for improvement that you might see? Geez, I, I feel like this is like <laughs> one of those interview questions where you're supposed to turn a negative into a positive. Um, you know, I, Up to I, you. Would be, I will be honest with you. I, I don't really, see, there's not really a lot of challenges. There's not really a lot of, okay. you know, the ability, I think, when you're honest with the students and say, we tried something new in the honors class this past semester mm -hmm. that, that we hadn't done before. We're like, hey, we're going to mm -hmm. try something out. And everybody came along for the ride. I think maybe the challenge, if I'm honest, is making sure we meet the demands of the honor students, right? Because honor students have a, they have a different set of demands. They're not just um, happy with the status quo. And I think a lot of students are like that, but I'm speaking specifically mm -hmm. about honor students. So sometimes maybe that's the biggest challenge is just making sure that I'm on my A game every day to provide the best content. So it's more my challenge that's, than students. Right. And I think that's a great challenge to have. I mean, you know, students wanting more, um, students, you know, wanting to accelerate their career. That's pretty good. And that's just a testament to all the great faculty members at Fox Honors and the fact that right. you, you really do feel like you're in it together. It's definitely the, the environment for those who haven't had a chance to, you know, have Dr. Lavin in class or have any of our fantastic honors faculty is the fact that you are truly a part of a team effort. And that first semester, definitely had some some great memories of you know trying to implement this new and exciting program and it, it felt like we really were all in it together all trying to, to sort of strive towards that same common goal and you know you, you brought something interesting up a little bit earlier Amy in the fact that a, a lot of students I agree you know enter MIS in that introductory class not really knowing one what the program is about in any way or two that they had an interest in it at all so I'm wondering how you discovered your interest in sort of the MIS technology world. Was it sort of a slow build over time or do you recall a certain moment that sparked your interest and said, wow, this is what I want to do? Yeah, no, it was the slow build over time. I mean, I started when I was implementing systems um, and training people on how to use them. I started to, because back in 96, if MIS was a major then, it was just starting out. Like it was not, you know, hey, I want to be in technology. And if you would have asked me about technology, then I was like, oh, I can log into my email. Like that's about the limit. Um, and, and then when I started implementing systems and I started looking at efficiencies, um, and the way organizations were performing and how we could help make it better and then how we could use a system to automate things. Um, that's really when I started to realize how the role that technology plays in an organization. Um, and then as I progressed through that part of my career, um, I just came to really be real without probably without any, you know, hard intention really become focused on how we could use technology to become more efficient for people, for places, for processes and things like that. And then when I was working in administration at Temple on the computer services side, that's when I met um, the chair of the MIS department and he offered me the teaching position and I thought, you know, let me give it a shot. And I really just liked the content. So, so MIS, you know, teaching was not my first thought and MIS was certainly not my first thought. Um, it's just been sort of a slow build. 
and a natural like addition of skills to my to my skill set. Mm-hmm. Right. And and now that you've been in the industry for so long, I guess you have a good perspective on, you know, what makes a good MIS student? What 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 are the traits that you seek in a person that's pursuing an MIS career? Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, I think, you know, MIS first and foremost is is while we are a systems driven major, we are not computer mm-hmm. science. Like we are not, okay. there are some, there are many of our students who like to, who really get into the coding and want to, want to sit right. back and, and code, you know, and that's, and that's their function. But I think MIS also requires a, a large set of people skills, um, mm-hmm. that ability to work with people, to find out people's needs and then help assess them and move them down the path of efficiency. Um, so I often focus with my students around curiosity. Like you should be always asking questions. Don't accept, mm-hmm. you know, we just do it because the system says we should do it. Well, let's find out why the system says we should do it and see if we can improve that. Um, a natural, you know, maybe predilection to even date in that same role, like with data, you know, being able to ask questions of the data and be curious as to why the data um, says this and, and, and not really ever stop thinking about how you can innovate and what you could do better. Right. So I think those are really good skill sets. It's that natural curiosity, that natural inclination towards innovation, um, people skills, as well as, you know, in addition to having some good understanding of, of the technology that an organization is using. Even if you don't use all the pieces of technology, you at least need to understand how they work. So for those students that are, you know, sort of looking inwardly and saying, hey, I might have that skill set or that interest, what do you think they should expect out of their first couple of MIS classes? Yeah, so we're going to push you in the MIS. Um, we're going we're gonna to push you to, to really expand those skill sets. We're going to teach you how to code. Um, we start in 2101 or 2901, and we keep going. There's two more classes, you know, focused on JavaScript and APIs and, and cloud, and there's other classes in cloud computing and enterprise architecture. Um, we have class in user design. So we're going to try to pr- create that well-rounded um, technology focus for the student. Um, so I think you should expect to work. You know, you've got to, coding is not, you know, if, you, if you're taking 2101 or 2901, coding is, is like learning a new language. It's like learning Spanish or Italian or something like that. You wow. can't just walk into a classroom and pick it up. You've got to practice. You've got to be able to roll up your sleeves and write code over and over again until you get it right. Um, and, you know, you, you've got to start thinking about how to reflect user needs in a, in a in a meaningful way so yeah so i think you know we're going to push you but if you come along for the ride our department i think is so supportive of our students um and their success most of the professors that i work with are willing to spend all the extra time with students that they need and we set up mm-hmm. resources like coding um workshops and we set up um ita hours where students can just pop in and write code and things like that so we really try to to support but we are going to challenge you. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, speaking of those opportunities that you said and those resources that you provide for these students, are there any opportunities that you think students aren't taking advantage of right now or that they might know, you know, MIS students or otherwise? Um, I think in general, you know, when I hear things like we had a, we had a coding workshop and four students showed up or we had a guest speaker and, and like 10 people came mm-hmm. or when we have open, you know, ITA hours where you can get coding help and students don't come. I think that's mm-hmm. a great advantage. The other thing I would mention would be, I think, you know, even when I 
when I have smaller sections, I still maybe have three students stop by my office over the course of a semester, maybe five, usually when there's an exam or something like that. So I think your faculty members in general are open to seeing students. And for me, it's always nice when you pop by my office, even if it's just 10 minutes, and we just have a conversation. What do you want to be when you grow up? How do you, you know, where do you see your career? What's your future? And for me, that's fun. I like, you know, it, it makes things more personal. It personalizes the relationship. So I would say my advice would be to students is take advantage of your faculty members and take advantage of any open, you know, office hours or ITA hours or something where you can expand your skill set. Yes, Fox Honors freshman, you heard it here first. Go to your professors, talk to them. Yep. I think that's such a missed opportunity that a lot of freshmen don't take advantage of. Please, like, we implore you, please go talk to your professors. They're, they're all fantastic. And um, you know, there's definitely so much to be learned and a great personal relationship to be established there. I guess as we sort of wrap up this interview, do you have any parting advice for either incoming freshmen underclassmen continuing their education or maybe seniors entering their final year? Yeah, I mean, aside from add MIS as a major or minor, um, no, I, in all seriousness, I mean, it can't hurt, right? Adding that techno technology credential to your skill set or getting Google Analytics certified or taking some kind of Coursera course to, to expand your skill set is only going to improve your resume in a job market where you really need to differentiate yourself. Um, so take advantage of some, some kind of technical skill if possible. Um, like we just said, talk to your professors about anything. You wanna talk about life, you wanna talk about sandwiches on campus. I mean, you have an idea or a thought, take it to your professor. I, all of the professors I know love to interact with, with our students whether they are freshmen trying to figure out what they want to do, whether they are considering a new major, whether they're, you know, almost upperclassmen. I have students in our, at least in our MIS major that will come to us with job offers and say, I've got two offers, which one should I take? And, you know, you just kind of talk through it that way. Um, you know, th those kind of things, just take advantage of as much resources as possible. You know, if you're thinking about working while you're on campus, if you can get a job in your department, it's a great idea because you really get to know the professors a little bit better. If you're thinking about if there's a, you know, other than BH, BHSA, which is an awesome student organization, if there's an organization focused on your major, get involved as much as you can there. I, I see over and over and over again, the students that get involved in their, in their organization right. are yeah. the ones that get jobs. You know, they're the mm -hmm. ones that get the better jobs or, or, or you know, mm -hmm. get the earlier jobs. Maybe it's not that they, all students get jobs, but maybe it's just that they have their commitment in November or something like that. So, so get right. involved as much as your schedule allows. Right. And that's something we definitely emphasize um, all the time, you know, get involved with your SPOs. And I think that's a fantastic piece of advice for freshmen coming in. So uh, we did a little bit of stalking. Some people call it stalking. I call it research. Um, but we found that you were interviewed on a New York Times article. Um, how to log off Facebook forever with all its perks and pitfalls. So I just wanted to, I was just curious, you know, how did you, um, how did this happen? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a really good year for PR. Um, and <laughs> I was actually interviewed twice on like, once on, I think on channel six and once on channel 10, like it's crazy. Uh -huh. um, it was just a really good year for, we had, we, we had a great PR person at Temple um nice. with a lot okay. of great with a lot of great connections and when things would pop mm -hmm. up he would reach out to me and a couple other people in my department 
and we would just navigate. So yeah, so that was, um, that was a couple of years ago. And I think that was, all, yeah. it was sort of when there was a lot, a lot of um, commotion, maybe not your generation, but like maybe my generation a little bit older about Facebook and privacy laws and protecting your, your personal information. And so because I run the digital innovation and marketing program and because, you know, my MIS ties, I think that's why they were, they, they made the connection. So yeah, that was pretty cool. That was a, a big highlight for me. Send it to family and friends like, Hey, look at me. Yeah. That's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. But it's enough for the silly business. This is the, the culmination of this interview it comes down to this final question. Oh, geez. Dr. Lavin, the spotlight is on, the heat is on. If you had to go to a deserted island and bring one member of the Fox Honors faculty with you to survive, who would it be and why? One, just one member of the Fox Honors faculty? All right. This is actually a no-brainer. It's Katie. Katie Gerst. All the way. And I'll tell you what, because I've known Katie for 20 years. Katie and I went through BHSA together. We got our MBAs together. Randomly, our paths have meandered, and now we back, find ourselves back. Um, we've traveled a little bit together in the past. I know I can travel with her. So, you know, as long as we could at certain points go to separate sides of the island, I think Kate, and if we had, you know, some, some good cocktails or something, I think Katie and I would do just fine. But that's not to say I couldn't have a good time with many of the other Fox Honors professors as well, because everybody's pretty solid. I love it. That's a great, that's a great answer. Yeah, I can only imagine that you two would maybe spend 24 hours and then somehow already devise some kind of boat out of palm trees to, you know, row all the way back to North Philly. So yeah, yeah, we would, this, there would be no Gilligan's Island. We'd there you it go. Out. We'd love it. it back. Or maybe we wouldn't. Maybe we would just stay for a while. Who knows? Who knows? You know, <laughs> fate's entirely in your hands. But anyways, Amy, thank you so much for taking the time. Really appreciate it. And, you know, on, yeah. on behalf of Fox Honors and BHSA, we'd just like to welcome you to the lounge. And, you know, thank you for mm -hmm. taking the time to interview with us. Thank yeah, you, Amy. Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. It's great to see you guys. Thanks for listening to The Lounge, a BHSA podcast. <laughs>